Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Hey, we're here at the airport and then we're sitting here talking about family and I don't believe there's anybody uh, that can talk to y'all family better today than this man right here. So I'm just gonna give the floor to this man and um, we're gonna talk about family today. All right, y'all already know family is beyond, been beyond important to me, my life. 23 years, me and my brother been riding the roads, making towns, hitting different countries, you know what I mean? And, Ain't no way that I've been wanting to do this for this long if I ain't had my boy with me the whole time. But now, I'm trying to carry on for him. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying? Family is beyond, beyond, uh, uh, this is, this life is temporary. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Temporal. Let's focus on the eternal, not the temporal. My yeah. brother ain't here with me. I, I brought my, my beautiful wife with me, but uh, my brother ain't here with me as he normally has been, normally would be, but he's still with me right here. Yeah. And, he ain't gone. If place. I thought he was gone, then I wouldn't be no good. I know he ain't gone. I know he just moved on to the next higher level of existence. So, you know what I mean? That's what keeps me pushing forward. You know, the Bible talks about peace without understanding. And the peace that I've shown that you've shown, knowing that Jamie's in a better place because of the life that he lived and the sacrifice that he made and him having a relationship with Christ, man. And I think that's a peace that you can pass to your family. When somebody passes away that you know for a doubt yep. that they're in a better place. And, um, that's the faith, the strength that you show. You know, we came in last night to comfort you, and you were comforting us. And I was like, that's the strongest faith I've ever seen, man. I love you. I appreciate you and the family. Yes, and um, if anybody's shown strength of family, it's definitely been your family. And I just want to say I love you and appreciate you. We support you. We love the Briscoes. And um, it's going to continue to go on, bro. You killed it last night. Oh, thank you, baby. Thank you. <laughs> sore, baby. I'm sore. <laughs> well, you deserve to be. <laughs> love y'all. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H 
running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night. Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script today is january 26th 2023 i am your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your thursday afternoons wherever you may be it is absolutely somewhere somewhere it is happy hour man so thank you guys for joining me on your thursdays this evening that clip was actually taken from Caprice Coleman's Twitter account. Uh, it was him, Mark Briscoe, and Mark Briscoe's wife that were waiting in the airport to leave Lexing- Lexington, Kentucky last night where AEW Dynamite was held, and they were about to go home, and uh, they got to talk about family and what family means to them and what Mark Briscoe is going to do moving forward, and he's going to carry on the legacy of his brother, Jay Briscoe. And that was a tremendous AEW Dynamite last night. Again, I can't thank Tony Khan enough. Jesse and I can't thank Tony Khan enough. The fans here, the OTS VIPs, my OTS family can't thank Tony Khan enough for uh, doing what they did last night on Dynamite, man. Tremendous tribute show and AEW with the ratings. You know, a lot of people were like, oh, Tony Khan is doing it. Nothing more for a ratings ploy or he's doing it for the ratings. They drew over a million people last night for AEW Dynamite, and a million people tuned in to watch an entire roster grieve and memorialize and honor the legacy of somebody who had his life taken away from him way too soon at 38 years old. So, uh, again, that was a fantastic show. Absolutely. Uh, When AEW is put into this situation, nobody does it better. And that was a show that will live on in the history of AEW. It was one of the best moments that we've seen uh, we all banded together as a community to watch what was a tremendous tribute to the late Jay Briscoe. But I got Royal Rumble news tonight, guys. We're going to go over a lot of the rumor and innuendo going on right now in the community about the Royal Rumble. Sami Zayn is a big topic. Is Sami Zayn going to win the Royal Rumble? I know a lot of people are kind of indifferent. You know, to one or the other, it's like, you know, you could take one, be okay with it, take another choice and be okay with that as well. It's very uh, up in the air as far as what the community wants. You know, we will we will discuss today what I think is the best course of action for WWE, the best course of action for Triple H as we head into the Royal Rumble. So we got news on that. Vince McMahon sued again, which is not a surprise. Get him out of here. Sasha Banks. We got news on Sasha Banks. It's her 31st birthday. Not really news, but I want to say before we get into anything, happy 31st birthday to uh, Mercedes Varnado. My God, man, she's completely past her prime. She is peaked in this thing that we love called pro wrestling, man. Mercedes should just fucking retire right now at 31 years old. I don't believe it. What is she still doing there, man? She operates as if she's May Young. Give me a fucking break. 31 years old, hasn't even hit her prime yet, and is going to make a huge fucking difference 
in the revolution that WWE thinks that they are embarking on, but we know nothing's happening over there, nothing substantial anyway. Mercedes is going to be doing her own fucking revolutionizing away from the E this year. And I got news on Lesnar and Steve Austin, man. Brock Lesnar and Stone Cold Steve Austin is the latest ridiculous rumor going around the IWC as a potential WrestleMania match. Uh, I don't like it. I hate it. I I hope it doesn't happen. There are uh, several different ways we can get Steve Austin on WrestleMania's show, and Lesnar or Roman Reigns is not the idea for that at all. Jay White, we'll talk about Jay White as well, uh, and his uh, possible Royal Rumble debut. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. I think people are really uh, jumping the gun on that one. And we will discuss all that right here on Off The Script, man. Thank you guys for joining me on your Thursdays. Hit that thumbs up. I would love if we could get to 1,000 likes. we got 1,300 people in here. People still filing on in. I know it's early. I know uh, normally I don't stream on Thursdays. I want to make a habit, I think, of streaming on Thursdays, man. It's a nice little middle-of-the-road type situation for the week. You know, you come out of Sunday. I got that big show on Sunday that I usually do live for you guys. We got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We let the, the news accumulate, and then we uh, jump on YouTube on Thursday and go live with all the news. Uh, I'm thinking about it. I'm not sure. We'll see. All in an effort to give you guys more of OTS. So please hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,000 likes minimum. Helps me out. Recommends the video in the YouTube search. Puts me in the recommended. All that good stuff. Helps me out with the algorithm. So hit that thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. It's going to be a very, very, very busy weekend. Royal Rumble is Saturday. I'll be covering it all in every aspect right here on the podcast. Super Chats are open, and we already got a $100 bomb by Steve Winyard. Unbelievable. Steve, thank you so much, brother. A picture from Raw 30 showed Bruce in Gorilla. I did see that today. It was Triple H, it was Bruce, it was William Regal. Why the hell is Bruce in Gorilla? And people, why the women's division in WWE is a dumpster fire? Why would Triple H agree to Bruce being there, or perhaps it wasn't his decision, it was Vince's? A well-deserved bomb, JD. Thank you, Steve. Uh, Bruce, unfortunately, is still there. And there's nothing we can do about it. He's going to slob his way where he needs to go. I don't want him there. Nobody wants him there, but he's there. As long as Vince isn't there, I think we're okay. Make sure you guys get those Super Chats in like Steve. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. Memberships always open. Always accepting applications to the VIP club. You're going to want to get them in because you're going to want to sit in my mother's basement. You're just going to want to. Believe me. You're going to want to. It's going to be the place to be. Brand new drink menu. Going to have a whole new vibe. A whole new ambiance. Going to be elegant. Right? What you think is your mother's basement is not my fucking mother's basement. Let me tell you that right now. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. You're going to get your free sample on me today and every day when you use that code JD. BlueChew.com. I want to thank them for supporting the podcast. And make sure you guys go check out all the other content on the channel. We were live on Monday for Raw, Raw 30. Tremendous podcast. Did over 40,000 views. Thank you guys very much. AEW Dynamite was live last night. Jesse and I covered it. Excellent show. Lots of great discussion to come out of there. So go check that out on the homepage. If you did indeed miss the content so far this week, 
On top of that, some YouTube shorts as well, all on the homepage, so go check that stuff out. What do you guys want to start with, man? I feel like I want to start with, uh, let's see, what do I got at the top here? Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. Now, clearly, you know, whatever we're going to talk about here, plans have changed. Plans have changed, okay? The rumor was that Lesnar and Bobby Lashley were going to wrestle at the Royal Rumble. WWE potentially planned for a Hell in a Cell match at the Royal Rumble. Clearly, that's not happening because nothing of a Hell in a Cell has been mentioned on TV in the build to the Royal Rumble. So, Lesnar showed up on Monday, attacked Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory in the match, in the main event for the United States Championship. He helped Austin Theory, if you want to consider what he did help. He F5'd Austin Theory on top of Bobby Lashley and F5'd Bobby Lashley as well before that and gave Austin Theory the assisted win to retain the United States Championship. So Lesnar looking very Amish. An Amish cowboy is Brock Lesnar. And he's back. And it looks like Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar are on a collision course for WrestleMania for their third and final match in this series of matches that we've seen so far. Now, the first one happened at the Royal Rumble last year. Sucked. The last match that we saw happened at the last Saudi show. Sucked. And I'm not really holding my breath for a great match between these two at WrestleMania. And if the first two matches sucked, then I'm assuming this match will suck as well. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I don't care about this feud. I don't care to see it. I think both guys could be put in something better. But the fucking geeks online and in the community, oh, it's, it's going to be so great. Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley is a mega match, man. No, it's not. Clearly, it's not because the first two matches fucking sucked dick. No good. No good. So whatever I'm about to read to you is not going to happen because this was the news reported by Sap and then Meltzer and then Sap tried to uh, egg Meltzer on and say, well, my report was also correct, but yours was also correct as well. You know, the journalists in the community, they, uh, they love to banter back and forth about who's got the fucking best dirt. Nobody gives a fuck. Feifel broke a story on Monday right before Raw about the news of Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestling Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 39 because the WWE failed to secure The Rock for WrestleMania 39 in Los Angeles. Austin was reportedly offered an enormous amount of money to do the match. 
That may be so. But we could do this match at some other point when Roman Reigns is no longer the WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion. We don't need a title match for Stone Cold Steve Austin in 2023. There is a better use of Stone Cold Steve Austin at 58 years old in 2023. And please, I would love for somebody to reach into my DMs and please reach out to me wherever you can find me and, and explain to me why this match would make any sense at all. This match makes zero sense. Zero sense. I don't know why we would even entertain the idea of this match. It doesn't make sense. And nobody wants to see it. Honestly, I've seen more people disagree with this match, which warms my heart, than actually agree with it. Dave Meltzer stated that the opponent pitch for Austin was actually Brock Lesnar. Also something that I don't really care to see. The Austin match was not Roman Reigns. It was Brock Lesnar, Meltzer said. This is what uh, spurred Sean Ross Sapp to go and say, well, my, my report was correct as well, but yours is also correct as well. You know, you go back and forth with the journalists. Uh, but you can tell pretty much by the show on Monday that it's not happening because Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley seems to be the direction for both guys going into WrestleMania. Meltzer added that plans can still change, but Austin Lesnar seems unlikely right now. Thank God. It's not on. Something can happen now. It's been talked about probably for months. I know that when Brock Lesnar and Gunther and the rumor of that match came up, I was told immediately that it's not happening or that it's not the idea right now. Maybe it's not going to happen, but the idea was something that's a secret. Austin was a secret. The match is not on, and it looks like it's going to either be Lashley with Lesnar based on the show tonight that we saw on Monday. I don't have that confirmed that it's a WrestleMania match. Obviously, they will likely be in the Rumble and probably feud, whether that means Montreal at the Elimination Chamber or WrestleMania. I don't know if it means like it's probably something to do with WrestleMania. On Roman Reigns, Meltzer said, as far as Roman Reigns is concerned, I don't know, but I figure that whenever Roman Reigns' situation is, you know, obviously becomes a little bit more clear, we'll know on Saturday night based on who wins the Royal Rumble. Now, last month, WrestlingNews.co first reported that the plans are for a Lesnar versus Gunther match at WrestleMania. In recent interviews, Gunther has also expressed interest in wrestling Lesnar at WrestleMania. Now, Lesnar and Stone Cold Steve Austin is a moot point. It's irrelevant. It's not happening. Based on what we saw on Monday with Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar and Lesnar costing Bobby Lashley the United States title. So I think we can get that out of our heads. It is not happening at WrestleMania. My question is, why is that even a rumor? Why is that? I'd love to know internally why this match was discussed for WrestleMania. Is Austin at 58 years old viable enough to be in a match with the younger and much more violent Brock Lesnar? You know, Brock Lesnar's not some fucking, uh, you know, half-assed, weak, you know, non-impactful individual in that ring. Everything that Lesnar does looks absolutely ferocious and legit. I mean, Bobby Lashley was put on the shelf for a little bit after their first match last year at the Royal Rumble because of what happened in that match. Suplex City is where Bobby Lashley went legitimately. I don't know why Stone Cold Steve Austin with a bad neck and bad knees and 58 years old 
would even be a thought in creative's mind for Brock Lesnar. You don't need to try that hard to make WrestleMania a great WrestleMania. You don't. It is very easy. Roman Reigns is not the answer either. I don't understand why Roman Reigns' name was brought up in the same sentence as Stone Cold Steve Austin. It doesn't make sense, and it's desperate. That sounds like a Vince McMahon move. Sounds like Vince called Stone Cold Steve Austin and pitched him this match and a mega money deal to come back and wrestle Roman Reigns because Vince wants big matches, big matches that don't make sense. There's a much better plan for Stone Cold Steve Austin, and it doesn't include Brock Lesnar, and it doesn't include Roman Reigns. There are three names, three names that Stone Cold Steve Austin can wrestle if he wants to wrestle a full-fledged match and have a storyline going into WrestleMania. Three names that Stone Cold Steve Austin would be better suited for than a Brock Lesnar and a Roman Reigns. First one would be Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins has nothing to do at WrestleMania. Why aren't we doing Seth Rollins and Stone Cold Steve Austin? Because from what I see, Rollins not going to be going after the United States title. Been there, done that. Roman Reigns is still going to be both Universal and WWE champions going into WrestleMania against whomever wins the Royal Rumble, whether that's Sami Zayn, whether that's Cody, whether that's The Rock or somebody else. We don't know. So what exactly is Seth Rollins going to do at WrestleMania? Stone Cold Steve Austin seems like a great choice if you want Rollins, who's been on the best run of his career with the best character of his career and the best in ring of his career right now. Why aren't you going to pay it forward to Rollins, who right now doesn't have the opportunity to win a major championship and be a guy at the top of his brand? Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Seth Rollins would be a great match. And honestly, with Rollins, he would take care of Austin the way that he needs to, like Kevin Owens did last year in that impromptu match on night one at WrestleMania. That's choice number one. Choice number two would be LA Knight. LA Knight would be a fantastic choice to go up against Stone Cold Steve Austin. For Austin to get a win, you know, I could see L.A. Knight just being there and him putting over Austin in his final WrestleMania match or whatever you want to bill it as. But L.A. Knight and Stone Cold Steve Austin would be a tremendous... Can you imagine L.A. Knight and Stone Cold Steve Austin on the fucking microphone going back and forth? L.A. Knight has modeled himself after Stone Cold and The Rock and made it into his own. He is fucking incredible. So why wouldn't you entertain that idea? Again, it makes me truly believe that the rumor that you heard was a Vince McMahon creative suggestion. Lesnar versus Austin. Uh, we got Roman versus Austin. Those are matches that are way beyond anything that should be happening right now. They don't make sense. They are not viable. But you're going to bypass somebody like L.A. Knight, who should be in a major WrestleMania match, who should be in the ring with someone like Stone Cold Steve Austin, who's got the microphone ability and the in-ring talent to be in the ring with Stone Cold Steve Austin. It may not seem like a WrestleMania match to say Vince McMahon, but I think it would be a great WrestleMania match that would get a lot of people talking. Bray Wyatt and LA Knight right now is a hot feud, and LA Knight has put himself in a position where he's coming out looking like a bigger star than Bray Wyatt is. So why don't you think he'd do the same thing with Stone Cold Steve Austin? I, I, I don't get, am I the only one that thinks this way? Well, maybe I'm watching a different product. I don't know. And the other match, the other match a little bit less likely, but I pitched this several months ago. What if 
Stone Cold Steve Austin is back for one more match. And you get John Cena versus Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 39 in Los Angeles. Out of all the fucking matches that you want to throw at me with Lesnar and Reigns, none of these rumors include John Cena, who we all have heard is going to be at WrestleMania. You have one more opportunity to do this match, and that's not on the table of potential plans? I don't get it. John Cena was the man after the Austin Rock era that took the WWE to its next level. He was there for 20 years. John Cena has done things, whether you like him or not, that will never be duplicated. John Cena has had more longevity than both The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin and probably, I would say, Hulk Hogan. But you want to put John Cena in this, oh, I hate John Cena realm or I can't stand John Cena and fuck John Cena and all this other shit. You have one more opportunity to do this match. Generation versus generation. Attitude era versus ruthless aggression era. I mean, it fucking, it sells itself. It sells itself. But you want to bring me Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. If Austin is going to have a WrestleMania match, that should be the match. Those three names should be on the Stone Cold Steve Austin list, not these two names. Ridiculous rumors. I don't know where Sapp got his report. I don't know where Meltzer got his report. Far as I'm concerned, both of them are fucking dumb idiots. Because this shit is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Nobody wants that match to happen. Lesnar, nobody wants that match to happen. Roman Reigns, n- nobody. Nobody wants, nobody cares for that match or those matches at all. Those are the plans. Those are the ideas. Those are viable for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Nothing else. And if we continue to talk about these, you know, I I don't know what's going to happen. Again, it could be a red herring. It could be something that throws everybody off or WWE intends to throw people off because they do have The Rock, even though they want people to think that they don't have The Rock. We don't know. We won't know till Saturday. You know, Rock wants to go out there and say, oh, I'm not not really in ring shape to wrestle Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Bro, you've known about this for two fucking years. You've had two years to get into ring shape. Don't give me this excuse that you're not ring ready. Meanwhile, you've been teasing the match in interviews. You've been teasing the match on your sitcom, Young Rock, but you're not ring ready? Wasn't it you that wanted the match delayed from last year's WrestleMania till this year's WrestleMania? As far as I'm concerned, you got more than 12 months. To get ring ready. But this year, in Los Angeles, right before the big show, you're not ring ready. Sounds a little fishy to me. I don't know. Austin, Cena, Austin, Rollins, Austin, L.A. Knight. Those are the three. I don't want to hear any other names about Stone Cold Steve Austin for WrestleMania. Those are the top three, in my honest opinion. Who is winning the Royal Rumble? This is a hot-button topic in the community. For months, I've said Cody Rhodes needs to win the Royal Rumble. Cody Rhodes should win the Royal Rumble. I get where people are coming from, man. It is too predictable for Cody Rhodes to win the Royal Rumble. I get it. I understand it. I don't blame you for feeling that way. My rebuttal to that is predictable is not bad. 
If predictable makes sense, predictable is not bad. But what Sami Zayn is doing right now and how the fans feel about Sami Zayn and seeing the Bloodline segment on Monday, Night Raw, Raw 30, where it generated a 2.6 rating on Monday. People clearly are invested in long-term booking. They are invested. There's a reason why I've said for the duration that I've been a YouTube content creator, WrestleMania should be the end of your season. WrestleMania should be the culmination of your biggest storylines that have taken place all year. Is Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns a culmination of your biggest storyline all year? No. Cody Rhodes has been out for the majority of 2022 and making his return on Saturday in the Royal Rumble. Sami Zayn's been in the bloodline in all of 2022. And now we're in 2023, and Sami Zayn may be the biggest babyface in the entire company because of what he's done in the bloodline. Is Sami Zayn winning the Royal Rumble? This is coming from Dave Meltzer. Please take this with a grain of salt. Anything that Meltzer says, please, from this point on, take with a grain of salt. He discussed the rumors on Wrestling Observer Radio. The goal, from the Roman Reigns standpoint all along, has been to make Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn into stars, bigger stars than they already are. And that has actually worked. But obviously, the original plan was not Sami Zayn to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. And even as late as a couple of weeks ago, they were trying to find something to not be Sami Zayn. This was not the long-term plan of Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, WrestleMania main event. The plan was not Sami Zayn becomes a superstar. The plan was just do a few key things with Sami Zayn, then we'll ditch him and get rid of him. And because it clicked to their credit, they saw that, it clicked, and it was like, well, let's make him a star this year or this season, and that's what happened. With recent reports that The Rock is unlikely to be available or ready for WrestleMania 39, Dave Meltzer has also reported that WWE is reluctant to have anybody defeat Roman Reigns and would have included The Rock himself. Well, The Rock was not beating Roman Reigns, so I don't know why that's even being reported I don't know why anybody would assume The Rock would beat Roman Reigns upon his comeback to the WWE for one night. I mean, that would be just utterly ridiculous. The plan is never for Sami Zayn to win the Royal Rumble. The plan is not for Sami Zayn to win the Royal Rumble on Saturday. I truly believe that WWE either has Cody Rhodes in the bag or WWE has The Rock and they're keeping it in a vault somewhere, and the only people that know are Dwayne, Triple H, and Vince McMahon. And that's it. And Nick Khan. Nobody knows. They're keeping this so close to the vest that nobody knows, and WWE is leaking out stories of ridiculousness with Austin and Roman Reigns and Austin and Lesnar and all this other nonsense to sway your attention away from the Royal Rumble. Does Cody Rhodes make sense? Cody Rhodes makes absolute sense. I mean, it was his mission statement when he returned at last year's WrestleMania on the night after WrestleMania on Monday Night Raw. He documented that he's back for one reason. 
He's back for the WWE Championship. It makes perfect sense. But the time in which he got injured fucked everything up. And I don't know if it's in the best interest of WWE. And I don't want to backtrack. I don't want to sound like I'm backtracking because I still am picking Cody Rhodes. It may not be in the best interest of WWE to take Cody Rhodes and put him in the main event of WrestleMania where it may be lukewarm at best when you got Sami Zayn who's volcanic white hot right now and everybody is on the, on the Sami Zayn train and they want to be oozy with Sami Zayn. It may be a difficult choice, especially if Cody and Sami are in the Royal Rumble together. I mean, forget about it. I don't know how WWE is going to cross that bridge because they may, they may not uh, have a good situation there with Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn being in the same Royal Rumble match because I honestly think one will outweigh the other. And it's going to be in favor of Sami over Cody. The thing is, Sami Zayn, he's in the minority here of what WWE usually does at WrestleMania. This is very, very similar to what they did with Daniel Bryan. If you guys remember at WrestleMania 30, Bryan was never the plan for WrestleMania. Never. Nobody thought Bryan was going to go to WrestleMania, even though, even though we all knew where it was headed. He was battling the corporation. He was bringing together the Yes movement to take down the WWE machine. Because the WWE machine always looked down on somebody like Daniel Bryan and always considered him a mid-level guy, a B-plus player. Do you want to know what the main event for WrestleMania that year was going to be? It was going to be Dave Batista, who was going to win the Royal Rumble, and Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. That was the main event of WrestleMania 30. Why on fucking God's green would you even contemplate that idea when you got this guy in Daniel Bryan, who was the hottest babyface since Stone Cold Steve Austin and, and, and The Rock before him. He did something that nobody else could have done. He got over against WWE's will. WWE wanted so badly to push him down, 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 and make you think he's not the guy. But they did it. Dave Batista. He was supposed to win that Royal Rumble, and he did. And what happened? The buzzer goes off at number 30. Everybody's expecting Daniel Bryan to come on out, and Rey Mysterio gets booed out of the fucking building. They fucked things up. They fucked things up so badly that when Bryan showed up the following week, the Yes movement grew more so than ever before, and the cheers and the ovations for Bryan were so much that the WWE could no longer contain it. Otherwise, they were going to be looking at a fucking absolutely hostile situation. Now, I don't think it's going to be a hostile situation for Sami Zayn, but it's very similar in, in, in a lot of different ways here with Sami Zayn and, and Daniel Bryan. If Cody Rhodes wins the Royal Rumble and Sami Zayn is in that same Royal Rumble... I don't know if that's going to be a, a good look for WWE. Imagine Sami Zayn gets eliminated in the fucking Royal Rumble. It's going to be the same exact thing that happened when Bryan got eliminated from the Royal Rumble when he was still as hot 
when he came out. I forgot which Royal Rumble that was. He, he got eliminated in like three minutes. Why the fuck did you even put him in the Royal Rumble when you knew the fans wanted him to win only to eliminate him in five minutes? It was ridiculous. They need to tread very lightly with this. If Sami Zayn is not the plan, Sami Zayn should not be in the Royal Rumble. Sami Zayn should not even be teased to win the Royal Rumble. I don't want that same situation to happen here. Now, if Cody wins the Royal Rumble, I do think it will still be a great story. But in light of what WrestleMania truly is and what WrestleMania truly should be and what I looked at as WrestleMania being the final finality in WWE season, this is the biggest storyline in WWE in, in many years since the Yes Movement. If you want to end with Sami Zayn beating Roman Reigns, I'm not going to have a fucking complaint because it all ties in to long-term booking. I would love to see that happen. Do I think that's going to happen? No. Why do I think that's not going to happen? Vince, WWE wants a mega match to close WrestleMania. I do not see Vince McMahon or anybody upper management past Triple H thinking Sami Zayn is the guy to beat Roman Reigns. They've had everybody fall victim to Roman Reigns. Do you truly believe Sami Zayn is going to be the guy out of everybody to beat Roman Reigns? Roman Reigns has looked absolutely fucking untouchable. He's legitimately God mode. He is like one of them fucking hackers in Warzone, you keep shooting, 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 shooting. They just fucking come at you, running at you with a goddamn fucking knife, and they fucking kill you. God mode. I don't see Sami Zayn beating Roman Reigns. I don't. But at the end of it all, what WWE really should do, because they don't do it enough, is rely on two things. One, risk. Take the risk. Take the risk. And number two, Long-term booking. WWE right now, with this storyline, is so enriched in story, this is what's driving the ratings. 2.6 million people watched Raw 30 in that opening segment to watch Sami Zayn and the trial of Sami Zayn on Monday Night Raw. People are clearly invested. Put good television on Monday. Put good television on Friday. People will watch. It doesn't matter who is a part of the show. People will watch because the story is rich. The story is real, and it's great. Something that WWE hasn't done in a long time is take you on a journey through a story with people that we actually care about. We care about Roman. We care about Jay Uso. We care about Jimmy Uso. We care about Solo. We care about Sammy. Look at what has happened to Sami Zayn here. If he doesn't beat Roman... I'm not going to complain about it because I'm not expecting it. But if you're going to take a risk on it and give me Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, how they get there, I don't know. That's the great part about it. I don't want to know. But according to Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn has to go through a trial or a tribulation of some sort of test at the Royal Rumble. What does that mean? Is Roman Reigns going to have Sami Zayn do something to Kevin Owens in that match? Roman Reigns... He may get himself DQ'd. He may beat down Kevin Owens. He may ask Sami Zayn to do something, and Sami Zayn doesn't oblige. And at that point, Sami Zayn whacked. Whacked. Out of the bloodline. Could be something that happens in that match. Roman Reigns theoretically could have Sami Zayn go into the Royal Rumble and win the Royal Rumble. 
That's your test. That would be one hell of a fucking test. Go into the Royal Rumble, win the Royal Rumble, and secure the championship match, and then bypass it. So I have no opponent at WrestleMania. I'm going to get rid of Kevin Owens tonight, and I want you to win the Royal Rumble so I have no opponent at WrestleMania. Maybe that leads to The Rock. I don't know. I I, I don't know how they're going to go about this. But the test on Saturday is going to be the biggest storyline aspect that we've seen so far. What it is, how it's going to play out, nobody knows. He could ask Sami Zayn to win the Royal Rumble. And that would be one hell of a test. And he doesn't. And he doesn't give up the title shot. And he goes into WrestleMania and challenges Roman Reigns for the world championship. This may all lead to Kevin Owens getting a shot at WrestleMania and Kevin Owens being the one to beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. We, we don't know. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, they've been the focus here. They've been the storyline focus of the bloodline. Now, the original plan was Sami Zayn to get booted out of the bloodline or Sami Zayn come to his realization that the bloodline's using him and he just leaves the bloodline on his own to side with Kevin Owens And then it's the Usos' problem to take care of them, and they go after the tag team championship. Because that was the original plan from the word go. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus the Usos at WrestleMania for the tag team championships, and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens win the tag team championships in Los Angeles. Multiple different ways we can go about this. But if WWE is going to go with Cody, I think it should be fine. Is it the best option? No. It's the option that we've all conditioned ourselves to be the right option. The right option here, honestly, in my heart of hearts, deep in my soul, is the story. You don't bypass the story to go with something that has been kind of absent for the last six or seven months. You go with what's hot. And right now, Sami Zayn is what's hot. And right now, it's the biggest storyline in all of pro wrestling with the absolute possibility of the biggest payoff since WWE had Daniel Bryan win the world title in New Orleans. Why would you bypass that? Because Vince doesn't like it? Because Vince doesn't think it's a WrestleMania match? Vince didn't think Bryan winning the world title was a WrestleMania moment either. Meanwhile, he gave you one of the best WrestleMania matches of all time in the opening against Triple H, and it gave us one of the best WrestleMania moments ever with him winning the world championship. So why wouldn't it be the same thing for Sami Zayn in Los Angeles? Why are you cutting somebody's legs off before they even get there, before you even know what the reaction is going to be, before you even see it play out? Because it's not The Rock? Because it's not Lesnar? Because it's not Austin? Because it's not Cena? Because it's not somebody else? This Roman Reigns thing is going to have to come to an end eventually, whether it's Cody or Sammy. I'm tired of Roman Reigns. Oh, yeah, WWE's reluctant of beating Roman Reigns. The fuck are you reluctant about? You've had two years of reluctance. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. You have something staring you in the face that comes around once in a fucking lifetime. You do what is right for business. You want new stars? There you go. Sami Zayn's not going to be the new face of the company. Sami Zayn's not going to be Austin Theory who's going to carry the future for the next 20 years. Sami Zayn is the now. And you are presented with something that is not happening every day in pro wrestling. Do it. Do it. The ratings clearly are already showing you that people are invested. So why not? 
It's all up to you to write to keep people invested. And you've done a great job up until this point, so why not continue it for another two months? I know that they can do it. But Vince, in my honest opinion, is going to give the thumbs down, and he's going to nix the idea, and we're probably looking at a very generic WrestleMania. Not to say that Cody's generic, but, you know, I'm, I'm kind of convincing myself out of the fucking Cody Rhodes situation, if you're asking me. We'll see on Saturday. We'll see on Saturday. WWE apparently has a lot of surprises lined up for the Royal Rumble, and I don't know who's going to win it. And that's the way I want it for the Royal Rumble. I don't want to know who's going to win it. Many times before, we've gone into a Royal Rumble, yeah, this guy's going to win it. There's a bunch of fucking no-names in here, 28 no-names, and these two guys are the only two options to win the Royal Rumble. We have two great options here, and nobody knows which way WWE is going to swing. And all of this could be irrelevant, and The Rock could end up winning the Royal Rumble, and boom, the worst idea out of them all. We won't know. That's why I'm so excited for Saturday. But let me know what you guys think. Let me know what you guys think. With Royal Rumble on Saturday, who do you got? Who do you got winning the Royal Rumble? Somebody who's not winning the Royal Rumble because he won't be in the Royal Rumble is Jay White. Jay White is this rumor in the community. I I don't know who started it. It's fucking ridiculous if you ask me. I I think Jay White is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Do I think Jay White would be a great addition to the WWE roster? Absolutely. I mean, look at how great Jay White looks. Look at how great Jay White sounds on the microphone. Look at how great Jay White wrestles in the ring. But do you honestly think WWE would utilize Jay White in a proper way? Maybe on the Triple H, but there's so much cloudiness right now in WWE. We won't know if Jay White will ever go to WWE because of what's happening with Vince. Royal Rumble's just a few days away. And fans are wondering about Jay White and if he could appear in the Royal Rumble on Saturday. Right now, there's a rumor going around that Switchblade Jay White is about to enter free agency in 2023 and his contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling is up relatively soon. WWE is also very confident that when he is a free agent that they will lend Jay White and sign him to a WWE contract. Fightful reported that White's contract is up relatively soon and is expected to leave New Japan Pro Wrestling per those in New Japan. The report also noted that WWE was confident that they would land him. Now, while Jay White may eventually land with the company, his contract with New Japan won't have expired by the time the Royal Rumble takes place. He is scheduled to have a Loser Leaves Town match against Hikuleo on February 11th at New Japan's New Beginning pay-per-view, which throws, obviously, uh, the whole rumor out the window about possibly being in the Royal Rumble. I'll get to that in a second. Jay White is also wrestling on that New Japan show in California at Battle in the Valley, where Mercedes will wrestle Kyrie for the IWGP Women's Championship in the main event. And Jay White will actually go one-on-one with Eddie Kingston on that same show. So he's got two New Japan dates lined up here uh, coming up in the next month. And people are thinking that he's going to show up in the Royal Rumble. How ridiculous. I mean, this is just fucking common logic. Common logic. You, You know where Jay White's coming from. He's coming from New Japan. He's coming from New Japan where they do things honorably. They do things by the book. Why would WWE be allowed to have Jay White 
in the Royal Rumble before he is scheduled to wrestle Hikuleo on February 11th in a loser leaves town match. If he loses that match and the Royal Rumble happened after that match, I would get it. But you're asking him to be in the Royal Rumble. You're thinking he's going to be in the Royal Rumble and then go into a loser leaves town match on February 11th when the Royal Rumble takes place on January 29th this coming Saturday. Does that make any sense to you? Why would New Japan Pro Wrestling allow that to happen? That would defeat the fucking purpose of a fucking loser leaves town match. He's already left town. He's at the WWE Royal Rumble in the fucking Royal Rumble. Doesn't make sense. It doesn't. I'm sorry. Jay White's not going to be in the Royal Rumble. Don't know why it would happen if he's still wrestling twice before any contract is up with New Japan. Relatively soon. Now, he could be working on a handshake agreement. He could be working under some sort of conditions with New Japan. But when he is leaving New Japan, it will be after those commitments are done. He's not going to be wrestling for WWE and then ask to wrestle for New Japan. When he's done, he'll make his decision. But right now, Jay White is not going to be in the Royal Rumble. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. That doesn't mean it's impossible for him to be there. But everybody seems to be, oh, well, WWE let Carl Anderson work New Japan and defend the Never Openweight Championship against Hikula. Yes, because he actually signed a contract. I don't know what the situation was there. I don't know Carl Anderson. I haven't spoke to Carl Anderson. I I don't know. Maybe it was a storyline. But clearly, he was the Never Openweight Champion, and he signed the WWE contract. People are thinking, oh, Jay White could do the same thing. Carl Anderson is not Jay White. Jay White is the biggest guy that they have there outside, outside of Kazuchika Okada. They would not allow their biggest guy, one of their biggest guys, to go wrestle WWE while being contracted for two more dates with their company. I don't know what had happened there. There might have been some nefarious nonsense that happened with Carl Anderson where he signed with the WWE, didn't tell New Japan. I, I don't know. This is not that same situation. But Jay White debuting at the Royal Rumble, I think everybody needs to put it out of their system, get rid of it. I think it would be a great addition to the company. Jay White would be a great addition to the company. And I know a lot of people want him to go to AEW. He may get lost in the shuffle in AEW. How many fucking main event guys do they need over there? They got a whole roster full of main event guys. Jay White versus AJ Styles. Jay White versus Seth Rollins. Jay White versus Roman Reigns. I mean, the list goes on and on. Jay White versus Gunther. Jay White versus Ricochet. I mean, Jay White would be fucking great in the ring against any of those names. But am I clamoring to see Jay White in WWE on a weekly basis? The reason why Jay White is so great and the reason why Jay White is so sought after is because we don't see him weekly. That appeal will wear off very quickly when he gets to the United States because a man of his caliber and of his age is going to be on TV every week. Is he going to have that same appeal? Probably not. I don't know. Jay White in the Royal Rumble. Not going to happen. Major changes to other aspects of the Royal Rumble per Fightful Select. Now, with Ronda Rousey, she lost the Women's Championship to Charlotte Flair. And the Women's Championship situation right now is up in the air. It's been a little bit of a mess. A lot, a lot of bit of a mess. 
Rousey defended the title when she had it against Rodriguez, Raquel. <laughs> Rodriguez Gonzalez. You guys know, smiley Raquel. Uh, on December 30th, this was before Charlotte Flair returned to defeat her for the title. Uh, and many plans that WWE had made up were seemingly just poof, gone. Fightful Select is reporting that Ronda Rousey's title defense against Raquel took place almost a month earlier than planned. Now, this was supposed to be at the Royal Rumble. It was supposed to be Rousey versus Rodriguez at the Royal Rumble for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Originally being slated for the Royal Rumble, they pushed it up to December 30th. WWE made the decision to move Rousey and Raquel's match and Charlotte Flair's return to win the championship to show in order to add more to a show that was considered to be must-see. The finish caused a lot of WWE's other plans to be changed, with Charlotte Flair at the time being listed on a list of suggested matches to face off against Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship, with Rhea Ripley being slated to face off with Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship when Ronda was still the champion. These were planned WrestleMania matches. Neither one of those matches, to me, are must-see. Charlotte and Bianca? Nah. Nobody, I, I mean... No, but why? 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 Why are we talking about Charlotte and Bianca at WrestleMania? Unless they're merging the titles, I don't want to hear anything about it. Charlotte and Bianca is not the match. Why would you do that at WrestleMania when you could have two matches and an opportunity to put over two stars instead of putting fucking Android 1 against Android 2? Doesn't make sense to me. Now, I've been very adamant about what I'd like to see happen with the ladies. Rhea Ripley either winning the Royal Rumble or the Elimination Chamber, one or the other. If it doesn't happen on Saturday, she needs to win the Elimination Chamber in February in Montreal. Right now, a lot of people are picking Rhea Ripley to win the Royal Rumble, but we don't know who is actually in the Royal Rumble. Naomi could be in the Royal Rumble. She's another option to possibly win the Royal Rumble as a surprise return. And she goes on to challenge Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania while Rhea wins the Elimination Chamber and gets Bianca through the chamber. Obviously, that could happen. We don't know where Naomi lies right now. We don't know her status in WWE. If WWE wants to go a different route and Rhea Ripley wins the Royal Rumble, I will not complain. I've been pitching that for months. Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair at WrestleMania should be the match. No questions asked. There is not a better match on Monday night. Rhea Ripley should win the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania. End of story. It is time we move on from the boring and very unoriginal WWE Women's Division. Bianca Belair, Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair. It's the same shit. Over and over and over and over again. Ronda was the champion in an absolutely dismal year, only to lose it back to Charlotte Flair, who she won the championship from back in May. Please tell me why this is and why there is no new stars being built up in the fucking company and why this is the best course of action. Shit sucks. Shit is fucking garbage. The women's division is shit. I don't know what we do. Now, if Rhea Ripley wins the Royal Rumble, I don't know who the fuck Charlotte Flair gets at WrestleMania. I don't. You got slim pickings there. Slim. 
WWE can bring in somebody from an outside promotion. Maybe we get Chelsea Green winning an Elimination Chamber. She's supposed to be back in the WWE. Maybe we get Deanna Perrazzo in WWE. But you take those two ladies, put them in the WWE, who, you know, Chelsea Green has not had the best success in WWE. She's not also, you know, somebody that the fans know. Deanna Perrazzo may be one of the best female performers in the entire world. Everybody knows how good she is. Doesn't mean she's going to be well-known in WWE. Doesn't mean it's going to be a great decision to put her against Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. Those two rumored names could be in the Royal Rumble. Maybe WWE goes out and gets a forbidden door opponent for Charlotte Flair, which would absolutely defeat the purpose of even having a fucking division because the entire point of WrestleMania is to make memorable stories. That's what we need. I don't know what WWE does with Charlotte. Shotzi, Aaliyah, Ronda, Shayna, Natalia, Tamina. This is your SmackDown's women's division. You're asking me, JD, these names are awful. Where are they from? That's your SmackDown women's division. And mind you, WWE's been building up Lacey Evans with these vignettes. Can you imagine a WrestleMania in 2023 where Charlotte has to defend the fucking title against Lacey Evans at WrestleMania? Yes, I'm sure people are fucking waiting in line already outside of SoFi Stadium to watch that banger of a match. Said nobody ever in about a thousand fucking lifetimes. No. Honestly, what I've just given to you is the best course of action. Rhea Ripley and Naomi. Where does Becky and Bailey sit into all this? I don't know. We've been through Becky and Charlotte. We've been through Becky and Bianca. We've been through Bailey and Bianca. We've been through Bailey and Charlotte. How many fucking times are we going to rinse and repeat over and over and over and over again? Eventually, that towel is going to be run dry. Rhea and Naomi. That's it. How you want to go about it? Rumble? Chamber? You make the decision. But if Naomi is back and she's there on Saturday and she's in the Royal Rumble and she doesn't win the Royal Rumble, I don't know why she even came back. Everybody knows she's better than that entire division. So why not? Take a fucking risk. Take a chance. What's the worst that could happen? A new star is made? Oh my God. Holy shit. Moving on. Sticking with the Royal Rumble theme. Remember back in 2021? Remember when Bianca Belair won her 2021 Royal Rumble and she went on to challenge Sasha Banks who they erased from history? Right? Bianca Belair was never scheduled to win the Royal Rumble. Well, you're probably asking, J.D., who was, who was scheduled to win the Royal Rumble in 2021? I will win my Royal Rumble in 2021. Bianca does not, does not compute. Charlotte Flair was scheduled to win the Royal Rumble in 2021. Charlotte was the topic of discussion when a WWE writer was interviewed. His name is Chris Dunn. Charlotte was going to go over. 
says Chris Dunn. They rehearsed Charlotte going over, and Bianca was going to get eliminated midway through the match. Vince McMahon's mind was ultimately changed. However, as a result of diligent pitching from both Chris Dunn and Bailey, with whom Bianca Belair was feuding with at the time, an idea was developed around a previous obstacle course segment involving Bobby Lashley and Sami Zayn, which greatly appealed to Vince McMahon. From there, it was all about putting the correct pieces together. I went to Bailey's writer and I was like, I think we have something here. Luckily, Adam Pearce and Daniel Bryan got heavily involved. So, they're talking about Bianca and the things in WWE at that time that were helping her get over. Soon after the obstacle course, she lifted Otis, if you guys remember, and that blew Vince away. Belair lost her singles match with Bailey, leading to an emotional promo days before the Royal Rumble that Chris Dunn not only gave her free reign on, but also definitively won Vince McMahon over. Even so, Dunn was worried going into the Royal Rumble weekend that Charlotte, you know, even though she was winning, Belair uh, wouldn't be going over in that Royal Rumble, even after all that. So one potential alternative, a riff on the Rock and Sock connection with Belair and Billy Kay was set to be pitched. But in the end, Belair got her big win and the rest was literally history because she went on to beat Sasha Banks at WrestleMania 37 on night one in the main event to win the SmackDown Women's Championship. And it all happened by winning the Royal Rumble. Now, Ryan Ward was also mentioned in this. And Ryan Ward actually went and approached Vince McMahon and said, Vince, you know, look at what's going on here with the Royal Rumble. Edge won the Royal Rumble. And Charlotte is winning the Royal Rumble. These are the two proposed winners in 2021 for the Royal Rumble. Ryan Ward, you know, comes to his senses and says to Vince McMahon, Vince, where are we creating new stars? With Edge winning the Royal Rumble and Charlotte winning the Royal Rumble, where are we creating new stars? This is why things got changed from Charlotte to Bianca Belair to win the Royal Rumble and the rest is history. You know, Drew McIntyre won his Royal Rumble. He won that Royal Rumble, which I thought was one of the best produced Royal Rumbles in a very long time where he eliminated Brock Lesnar. And that was right before covid Bianca Belair won her Royal Rumble. You know, a lot of people don't look at the Royal Rumble as a means to create new stars. I think otherwise. I think otherwise. The Royal Rumble absolutely is a breeding ground for making new stars. Austin Theory should be used in the Royal Rumble on Saturday to create his star to grow brighter or shine brighter. Bianca Belair won the Royal Rumble. She went on to WrestleMania, beat Sasha Banks in the main event, a match that people were saying was the greatest, one of the greatest women's moments in WWE history. First main events in WWE history where two black females main evented WrestleMania. That will go down in the annals of history. Great match. Bianca Belair was made into a superstar on that night thanks to that moment and thanks to winning the Royal Rumble and thanks to Sasha Banks. Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre is still a top-tier player, top-tier name in WWE. He used the Royal Rumble as a catalyst to gain all that momentum where you see him now. So what are we going to do for this year's Royal Rumble? You know, I question why anybody would want Vince McMahon back with ideas like this. Yeah, just give it to Charlotte. Vince is going to go with what he knows, and that's it. Vince is not going to do what's best for the creative process currently. He's not going to do what's best for the fans. So if you want Vince back, 
Look at this story, and you would have gotten Charlotte winning the fucking Royal Rumble this year as SmackDown Women's Champion because Vince doesn't know anybody else or anything else. What a shit show. An absolutely shit show. Fucking nonsensical. It's, it's so stupid that I even have to read through this shit. WWE is so much better off without Vince McMahon, it's not even funny. Not even funny. I hope Triple H knows what the fuck he's doing on Saturday because he will be heavily judged and heavily critiqued on Saturday night. Matt Cardona. It looks like he may be on his way back to WWE. One name that's been speculated is Zack Ryder, a.k.a. Matt Cardona. The former Zack Ryder has completely reinvented himself on the independent scene since his release back in April 2020. Cardona recently trademarked the Zack Ryder name, which has led to speculation about a potential return to the company. Now, Matt Cardona has trademarked his old WWE catchphrase, woo, 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 you know it. And that happened on January 19th. Speaking on Insights with Chris Van Vliet, Cardona explained this, which I hope to God is not the case. Matt Cardona explained that he wouldn't return to WWE if that meant having to resurrect the gimmick that he himself considers dead. Zack Ryder. I mean, if it was up to me, says Cardona, if I would ever go back, it would be as me, always ready, Matt Cardona. Now, if there was going to be a surprise run-in or Royal Rumble something as a one-off, If the Always Ready music hit or Woo Woo hit, which one would get a bigger pop? I understand Zack Ryder, but I don't want to. I don't want to live in the past. You know, I'm 37 years old. I'm in the prime of my career. Listen, I've always, I always say, like, the PWI 500 doesn't matter unless you're number one or number 13. I was number 13, which you know what? I'm very proud of that. The only unsigned guy in the top 20, and I think it's pretty damn cool that you know I'm going to be able to do GCW, Impact, NWA, all these random indies all over the world, and I'm doing it on my terms. It's so much fun. End quote. Now, his wife, Chelsea Green, is reportedly set to return to the company, already signed with the company in some circles, and they're just waiting for the right moment to unleash her to the WWE universe. Uh, I would be very disappointed if Matt Cardona was on record saying that and he shows up back in WWE as Zack Ryder. Now, if he shows up as Zack Ryder, I don't mind if it's a one-off. But Zack Ryder's dead. Zack Ryder is not Matt Cardona. I'm sorry. And Matt Cardona is not Zack Ryder. We need something where it's very Cody Rhodes-esque. Cody Rhodes left the WWE. He's still Cody Rhodes, but he's not the same Cody Rhodes. Matt Cardona left WWE because they felt he was, you know, some fucking geek who lives out on Long Island. Woo, woo, woo. You know it. And he wears a fucking headband and he's got hair like Paulie D from Jersey Shore and all this other shit. You know, no. Now, that's that's not that's not today's Matt Cardona. I don't want to see him doing that shit. Matt Cardona, I mean, he's elevated his game so much. You're asking him to go dom the Zack Ryder gimmick and devalue himself away from everything he's built up over the last several years on the independent circuit. 
So you want him to be fucking, you know, elevating himself and then ask him to come back and take steps backwards? I I don't understand how that's even a a feasible thought in anybody that's discussing Matt Cardona possibly coming back to the WWE. If you want to do a one-off as Zack Ryder and then disappear and go back to Impact or NWA or fucking AEW, whatever, that's fine. But if you're going to stay in WWE, I don't want to see Zack Ryder on my fucking TV. I want to see fucking Matt Cardona on my TV. Now, we know why WWE likes their trademarks. They can't really trademark his real name. They want to own the IP and all this other nonsense. But some people, Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes has his real name on TV. Why not? Why not? Why can't it be a Cody Rhodes situation? He's obviously proven that he's worth the money you want to give him. He's proven to be a major commodity as he's done some of the best work in his fucking career away from WWE. If you want him back, you should take him at his best. And that is as Matt Cardona. Zack Ryder does not signify Matt Cardona's best at all. I don't get it. I don't get it. So I hope to God that what he said here with Van Vliet is legit. One off in the Royal Rumble, fine. I'll take it. But if you're going to show up and then may uh, be a mainstay on SmackDown or Raw. I don't want to see Zack Ryder on my TV. Zack Ryder is dead. Zack Ryder holds no value in WWE. None. Zero. Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon is being sued. Good. Again. Sued for a third time. Looking at a third lawsuit. Now from a WWE shareholder. Two lawsuits filed against WWE by shareholders over Vince McMahon's return to the board of directors that have already been reported on dealt with the way he returned. A third is covered now in the new Bloomberg story, and it's focused on the behavior that led to McMahon's brief retirement. While the case filed by Carol Casal and Crystal Laval is not available to the public at this time, Bloomberg's report states that it brings broader claims directly involving the sexual harassment accusations and that the plaintiffs are suing over McMahon's alleged history of paying to cover up sexual harassment accusations. Wow. Look at that. Other people think Vince McMahon and what he's done is wrong. Why doesn't Vince see it? Why does Nick Khan go on Bill Simmons' podcast and openly praise the way Vince McMahon has handled things? I don't know. Unlike the first two suits, which allege that McMahon forced his way back onto the board of directors by threatening to use his ownership of 81% of the voting stock to veto any potential sale or media rights deals, this new case is unlikely to be affected by WWE's January 16th filing with the SEC that repealed the corporate bylaw changes from a January 5th SEC filing, which Vince used to execute his comeback plan. Plaintiffs in those cases, the Pension Fund of Detroit's police and firefighters and investor Scott Fellows are now arguing that their suits forced McMahon to curtail his ambitions. As such, they now seek a mootness fee. However, if their action remains linked to the new suit targeting McMahon's alleged misconduct and associated hush money payments in one class action, that will interfere with their fee request. McMahon is said to be seeking to resolve any outstanding legal issues so that they don't interfere with the efforts to sell WWE. Last week, it was reported that he agreed to a multi-million dollar legal settlement with referee Rita Chatterton from a uh, 1986 alleged rape case where she alleged Vince raped her in the back of a limousine. Uh, good. 
Good. The more lawsuits, the better. I hope they fucking bury him with lawsuits. Now you know why he changed the bylaws and he wants to move away from making the company private. He doesn't want to deal with this shit anymore. He doesn't want to deal with these shareholders. He doesn't want to deal with anybody. Vince wants to sell the company, make it private, so that nobody can come after him anymore. He's realizing now, as a publicly traded company, what the consequences are for you acting like a a fucking 77-year-old, demented, godlike, I-can-get-away-with-anything fucking old man. Vince wants to shut all this down. All that it is. It's not about selling the company. WWE doesn't need to be sold. Vince wants to sell the company so he doesn't have to deal with this fucking bullshit anymore. Or what he deems bullshit. And on top of that, he'll sell the company and position himself as the king and someone that's going to hold ultimate power over everything and put himself right back to where he was. And he doesn't have to answer to anybody ever again. Until he dies, of course. Then he answers to... uh, Satan himself, because he certainly ain't going up there. He's going uh, way, way, way down below. Raw 30, huge financial milestone for Monday Night Raw. WWE tweeted out that the ticket sales generated the most money from ticket sales in Raw's 30-year history from Philadelphia at the Wells Fargo Center. The WWE Universe in Philadelphia showed up and showed out last night, WWE wrote, Raw 30 at Wells Fargo had the highest domestic gate in the 30-year history of Monday Night Raw. WWE announced an attendance of 16,957. According to WrestleTix, the show drew 14,451. WWE clearly inflated the numbers to uh, make sure that they look great and that it sounds even better on broadcast. They're typically known for doing that even after Vince is gone. WWE had legends such as Brock Lesnar, The Undertaker, DX, Kurt Angle, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Medusa, Teddy Long, Ron Simmons, Diamond Dallas Page, Jimmy Hart, Jerry the King Lawler, Ted DiBiase, and IRS appear on the show. The show drew a 2.344 rating on Monday. That was up tremendously from the week prior. 1.489 million viewers last week. The demo... And the 18 to 49 saw the show do a 0.70 up from a 0.42. It was clearly number one in the demo. And Monday Night Raw was the go home for Saturday's Royal Rumble. I thought it was a very good show. I thought it was a very good show. I was very entertained by it. Uh, I do think that things are going to get a little bit more serious after the Royal Rumble's over. And I thought it was a well-constructed show. Legends played their part. They stayed out of the way. They didn't bury any young talent. We got some decent action on the show. We had a tremendous bloodline segment that may go down as one of the best segments in WWE history. All in all, it was a tremendous night for WWE. Tremendous night. What was not tremendous is the hashtag that WWE found itself in the middle of. WWE women deserve better. Now, I find it funny how... There is a hashtag after something on Monday that you didn't like. All of a sudden, we get a hashtag generated because you didn't like something that happened on Mondays, this past Monday's, Monday Night Raw. 
So let's go on social media and complain about it. Apparently, Nikki and Brie Bella called out WWE for erasing women like Sasha Banks. Now, I called that out as well because Charlotte cut a ridiculous promo where she mentioned some of the ladies and failed to mention Bailey. She failed to mention Becky, and she failed to mention Sasha while mentioning revolutionized or revolutionizing the women's division. I'm sorry, honey. You can't revolutionize shit without Sasha, Bailey, and Becky. Okay? You're not the only horsewoman or horsewoman in WWE. She acted as one of the four horsewomen, and the other three completely did not exist. So, the Bella Twins may not be on the best of terms with WWE because they were on Instagram, and apparently they were complaining about what they saw during Monday Night Raw. Now, the only in-person female representation on Raw as a legend was Alundra Blaze, and that was it. Trish Stratus might have been busy. Lita might have been busy. Who knows who else WWE asked? Whatever. I'm sorry. I I mean, you're complaining about Alundra Blaze being the only female representation on Raw 30, and and you clearly are brain-dead because you haven't been paying attention to anything that's going on. Now, whether it's good or not is a fucking irrelevant point. The women's division right now is dog shit. Raw's division is slightly better than SmackDown's. SmackDown is horrendous. There's no vision. There's no focus. The storylines are fucking garbage. And the women's divisions right now largely remain unchanged from when Vince McMahon was there. The only thing that's changed is the names and the people that Triple H has brought in to bolster said division. Okay? Social media sickens me. You're complaining about Alundra Blaze being the only female representation on Monday Night Raw. Meanwhile, how many segments have Damage Control owned since SummerSlam on Monday Night Raw? How many women's main events have we seen on Monday Night Raw since Triple H has taken over on both Raw and SmackDown? WWE created a Women's Royal Rumble to give equal opportunity for the women in WWE. WWE is setting up a Queen of the Ring tournament this year. Everything the ladies have, the men have, and vice versa. Elimination Chamber. We get a tournament for the Queen of the Ring, just like the King of the Ring. Money in the Bank. Women had a War Games match in November at Survivor Series. But you want to complain that Alundra Blaze was the only female representation on Monday Night Raw, and you don't complain about how the division has been treated the week before that, and the week before that, the month before that, over the past two months, three months, four months, five months, six months. The division sucks. The division itself deserves better. The women in general deserve better. But don't go out there and start a fucking hashtag knowing that the focus on the women has been a high priority for Triple H since he's taken over. You just want what you want now, you want what you want on Monday, and you fucking negate the fact over the last seven months. Cry all you want. The division needs help, yes, 
But that doesn't mean the women have been without opportunity. Maybe schedules were busy. Maybe schedules were tied up. It's Monday Night Raw. You want to fucking complain about women's representation? You're going to get an entire one-hour Royal Rumble with women from this generation and past generation and returns on Saturday night. But you're complaining about fucking Alundra Blaze on Monday Night Raw. I don't get it. People sicken me. You people fucking sicken me to no end. Am I the only one with logic here? Now, they went on to say this because Bailey and Becky, the steel cage match, got canceled, right? It wasn't really canceled. They didn't have enough time to do the match. Something went over the limit, the time limit. Something went too long. Something ran long on the production sheet, and the match had to be pulled, and they did a big attack on Becky Lynch, and they'll revisit it at a later date. Brie Bella. She says this. They were on Instagram Live, and they implied that they knew WWE wasn't going to spotlight a number of the women who have been involved in the women's evolution, including themselves, Mercedes Monet and Soraya, right, who's in AEW. Mercedes is now with New Japan. Brie said this. There's a bunch of us they don't want to show. I don't know why they won't show them. I mean, Monday Night Raw is celebrating 30 years. You would think that Sasha Banks, Paige, and others would be celebrated if the women's evolution or the women's revolution is such a big deal, right? I mean, we've seen, you know, it's it's fucked up. It's fucked up. And I do agree with Brie in this. There's a bunch of us they don't want to show. I don't know why. Because some of those clips, you saw Chris Jericho. Where does Chris Jericho work? Chris Jericho works in AEW. We saw clips of Daniel Bryan. Where does Bryan Danielson work? He works in AEW. They're not afraid to show clips of those two guys, but they won't show Paige, Soraya. They won't show Mercedes, Sasha Banks, right? Why? Why is that? I I don't really get that. Now, if you want to do for one, you got to do for the other. You can't do for one and then omit some of the ladies here because the ladies there are just a big part of Monday Night Raw as anybody else in this evolution or revolution of women's wrestling. The implication seemed to be that WWE didn't want to highlight Banks because of her decision to leave the company and Soraya because she's decided to join AEW. The argument being that they should still be highlighted for their moments and achievements within WWE and those things shouldn't be taken away from them or not highlighted because they made decisions that WWE didn't like. Now, in relation to those names specifically, there was a clip during one of the montages shown throughout the night of Banks winning the Raw Women's Championship from Charlotte Flair, and Flair mentioned the Bellas during her in-ring promo, but did not mention Sasha Banks. The Bella Twins did travel to the area of the show, but it seems they opted to not be a part of it due to their issues with how they and the women in general were going to be utilized. So, I don't know what had happened the day of, but Nikki Bella backtracked on some statements made about Raw 30. She went on Instagram again, and this time she spoke about what really happened. She says, this week, Monday till Thursday, Brie and I and Artem, her husband, have been booked on crazy media because of the premiere of Nikki Bella Says I Do is Thursday night, Bella said on Instagram Live. We were hoping, I think, it was weeks ago, there were talks about going to Monday Night Raw. They said they had nothing for us. 
So we were booked on Medium Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Then there was a possible idea, maybe an idea, but our whole team, including WWE and everyone else, had already booked us for Monday being in New York. Following Raw is 30, the Bella Twins took to social media to to criticize WWE for not showcasing stars from the women's revolution during the show, which the duo believes was down to the popularity of Mercedes uh, leaving WWE. The pair also suggested the company was selective with legends they wanted to acknowledge. So it's a situation of people getting their feelings riled up in the moment and they're not thinking along the way I'm thinking, which is the norm, because I consider myself probably smarter than most of the community, uh, and this was nonsense. If WWE had nothing for the Bellas, they had nothing for the Bellas. I believe that they had nothing for the Bellas because they had Alundra Blaze playing poker backstage. There was nothing else regarding any other legends on the show. They had Alundra Blaze playing poker backstage. Is that worth you going to Monday Night Raw for? Maybe WWE didn't have anything for them. Maybe they invited W. Maybe WWE invited the Bella Twins to go to Monday Night Raw, and they seen what the plan was, and they said no. But they made it seem like WWE was at fault. I don't know. Are you missing the Bellas from Monday Night? I know I'm not. Was the show any worse without the Bellas there? Fuck no. Nobody cares. I don't care. You don't care. The community is thinking they care, but they really don't. They'll find fucking something else to complain about Saturday night. Why isn't Alicia Fox in the Royal Rumble? They'll find something to complain about. Why isn't Melina in the Royal Rumble? Why isn't Molly Holly in the Royal? Whatever. I'm sure it'll be something. But they had Alundra Blaze playing poker on Monday night. That is not a plan. If WWE did have a plan, then they didn't have a plan. No reason to go on Instagram Live and fucking complain about it. WWE is petty. We know this. And I call them out for it. And Road Dog wants to get smart with me on social media. Have some fun. Bitch, I did have fun. I enjoyed the show on Monday. Don't call me out because you've seen one tweet. Mention Sasha Banks when Sasha Banks should be recognized. Don't send Charlotte out there with a scripted promo mentioning fucking ABCD and not the three other women that she started the revolution with. You fucked up. Not the fans. Give me a break. Now, fans were complaining about the bloodline. They actually blamed Roman Reigns for Becky Lynch and Bayley not taking place on Monday night. Fightful Select reports that the entrances and the match were scheduled for two segments but they had to be cut short because of the opening segment with the Bloodline and Sami Zayn's trial. Several segments had to be trimmed, but the most affected thing on the show was the cage match. I don't know where you guys sit on this. I don't don't really care, but from my vantage point, from my POV, you're going to advertise the steel cage match, you better fucking fit that steel cage match in there. I don't give a shit if Roman and Sami and the Bloodline went over You look at the other aspects of that show and realize something. Hey, hey, we don't have a steel cage match or enough time for a steel cage match. Let's try and fit that steel cage match in there. Did we really need Charlotte Flair on this show? Did we really need Charlotte Flair to come out there and cut a promo that basically landed her in hot water with the community because it was so nonsensical that she failed to mention the other important women of this revolution that started it all? 
the revolution of women's wrestling in WWE. You don't mention Sasha. You don't mention Becky. You don't mention Bayley. Did she really need to go out there and cut that promo? Did we really need Bianca Belair and Charlotte Flair face-to-face in the ring when no match is happening at WrestleMania? Did we really need Sonya Deville to come out there and cut another promo that we just heard on Friday? Did we need another Bianca Belair and Sonya Deville match to go nine minutes? There's your Bayley and Becky still cage match. Did any of that need to happen? Because I'm sorry, that made the show worse, in my honest opinion. Don't go blame Roman. Don't blame Sammy. Don't blame the bloodline. That shit should be given as much time as it needs. If it went one hour, nobody should be complaining. Do you want to know why? Because even because of the bloodline and it being male segments... It's still the most important segment on the fucking show. And I don't give a shit if you're blue, green, pink, yellow, white, black, purple. I don't give a shit what you are recognized as. The bloodline and what is happening on WWE TV right now should always take precedent over everything. If they want to go two hours, you ain't going to hear a fucking peep out of me. Why? Because it's the most important storyline in WWE in the last nine years. So I'm sorry something got cut. That deserves all the fucking time that it needs to tell the proper story. Becky and Bailey aren't doing much of anything. They ain't lighting the fucking world on fire. They could barely get the match lit. Give me a fucking break. I'm sorry. Nobody's clamoring to see a Bailey and Becky feud. It's died and it's lame, and there's no intensity to it. I'm sorry. Go complain about something else. Don't complain about the bloodline. Don't complain about Sammy, and don't blame the bloodline for going over. Finally, injury update. This is some sad news, man. Nikita Lyons injured on NXT. Nikita Lyons shared some unfortunate news today on social media announcing that she has torn her ACL and meniscus, putting her on the shelf for several months from NXT. WWE shot an angle on Tuesday's episode of NXT where an unknown person attacked her in the parking lot, the most dangerous place in America, the performance center parking lot, to write her off television while she recovers. Lions announced the news in a Twitter post. ACL and meniscus are torn. This comeback is personal. Thank you to all who constantly show love and genuine support every week. You have no idea how much it means to me. Those of you who don't see the vision, thank you too. Stay your ass right there. This is just another lesson, life uh, le- life lesson needed to teach. Uh, love, light, and positivity always, says Nikita Lyons. So I don't know where she got hurt. I don't know how she got hurt, but uh, I wish her a speedy recovery. She's going to be out for a while. And she just came back from... What was a minor injury to her, uh, I believe it might have been a something ACL-related or knee-related. She came back, she did some work, and she was feuding with Zoe Stark, and now she's on the shelf again. Seemingly can't get her feet grounded in the NXT Women's Division. I was hoping for a possible Royal Rumble appearance on Saturday night, but Nikita Lyons is going to be out of action for probably uh, most of 2023. Guys, I, uh, that's all I got for you. That's all I got for you. The news. Did I deliver the news to you? Did I give you the news? I think so. Feel good. I feel good, man. 
Anyway, we're going to get into the Super Chats in just a second. I want to thank you guys for joining me on your Thursday afternoons. 2100 in the venue. I appreciate you. We'll be live again tomorrow night for SmackDown. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up, man. We got 814 likes. I need 1,000 likes today on OTS. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you go check out all the other videos on the channel. Monday Night Raw, AEW Dynamite, YouTube Shorts, all on the homepage. And tonight's show is sponsored by Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD. Go get yourself your free sample. $5 shipping and handling is all you are going to have to do. BlueChew.com. Great friend and great sponsor of the show. Tyler. Tyler with the 199. So excited for this Saturday. Much love, JD. Thank you, Tyler. Hooligrim says you're a new member, bro. Bro, why, how do you get your name changed like that on YouTube, bro? I don't even know who you are anymore, man. Says you're a new member. Why are you a new member? And then it says 26 months. I don't get it. Hologram with a 26-month VIP. I see that golden microphone, brother. What a beautiful clip by Caprice and Mark Briscoe. Thanks for showing that, JD. Had to miss Dynamite. And so seeing Mark talk his way or talk this way helps. OTS for life. Thank you, Hologram. Eugene Morgan with six months. They might not do Cody versus Roman simply because everyone expects it. Yes, everyone expected Austin versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania uh, 14 as well. So, I mean, I don't, I don't understand why uh, everybody's, oh, my God, predictable is bad. Captain Solo with a $5 super chat. To me, Sami Zayn winning the Royal Rumble just makes the most logical sense. Cody could win the Elimination Chamber or win next year's Rumble. Sammy makes sense. Cody makes sense. It's what WWE ultimately is going to go with. Are they going to go with the story or are they going to go with the match? Sammy's got the story. Cody's got the match. Steve Winyard with a 100. Thank you again, brother. Appreciate your generosity tonight in the OTS venue. Nick Williams with a $5 super chat. Oh, God. Vince McMahon back at Titan Tower. For the love of God, no. Yeah, he's been back, bro. He's been back for a few weeks now. Tay-Tay with a 199. Austin versus Cena would be a great match for WrestleMania. I agree. I agree. This uh, Roman and Lesnar nonsense rumor. Ridiculous. Dreco, six months. I'd hate to be Vince's lawyer right now. Yeah, Jerry McDevitt. This guy's hands full. Thank you for six months, Dreco. What the fuck are you drinking, man? Joe King. With a new membership and a $2 Super Chat. I want to see Axel Mania make a return in the Royal Rumble. That would be pretty cool. You know, he was never eliminated. He's been... He hasn't been eliminated since that moment. That would be pretty cool, man. That'd be a nice throwback. Main events. 81 with the two months. Keep speaking good word. Tribal Chief. Thank you, brother. Tay-Tay with a 499. I don't want to see the android Charlotte Flair versus Lacey Evans whatsoever, bro. Nobody, nobody wants to see that. DGK Dog with a 9.99. Just a thought, but what if Bailey wins the Rumble and they continue her feud with Becky? 
Have Bailey challenge Charlotte, and Becky gets added to the match as well, making it a triple threat. I could see that. It's probably very likely because uh, right now, if Naomi's not back, Charlotte has no body, and uh, Becky and Bailey going into a WrestleMania without title programs, it's pretty, uh, pretty unlike WWE to do something like that. Dr. Glorious with a $5 super chat at the Rumble. The last three remain should be Sami Zayn, Cody Rhodes, and Seth Rollins. And have Sami be the one to eliminate Cody. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think Sami being in the same rumble as Cody would be bad for Cody. If that is the case, it would absolutely have to be Sami eliminating Cody because if it's the other way around, Cody's going to be booed. That would be a terrible situation. Scott Lewis with a $10 super chat. Imagine if Sammy wins the Rumble and Roman expects him to lay down for him at Mania. How big of a reaction would it be when Sammy decides not to? The crowd would go crazy. I would love to see that. I think that would be fantastic. It's going to be a very interesting Saturday night. Nick Williams with a $2 super chat. Evolution or the Bloodline? Which faction is better? Bloodline. Bloodline just emit. You know, something really, really special, man. I loved Evolution, too. I thought Evolution was fantastic. But we will see. My prediction for the final four, Austin Theory, Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes, and Solo Sokoa. Those are my final four. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for uh, hanging out tonight. Thursday night. You guys are great. We got some cool shit coming up. Got some new artwork for the channel. Gonna be getting some new artwork done throughout the year. Elevating the podcast. Can't wait for my mother's basement. Some other things are gonna be worked on as well later in the year. As soon as the summer hits. Very excited about all of it. Royal Rumbles this Saturday. Looking for a big night. It's gonna be awesome. Hope you guys join me on Saturday night. The place to be is the OTS venue when these things happen, man. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. We need less than 125 likes for 1,000 likes. Can we do it? Hit the thumbs up. And make sure you guys follow me on social media for all of the latest this weekend. Heading into the Royal Rumble at JD from NY206. Guys, let me see those ace emojis in the chat. Let me see those Mustang emojis in the chat. Let me see those rock on emojis in the chat. And I want that music on max. I will see you live tomorrow night for SmackDown. And then we are headed towards the Royal Rumble. Thank you guys very much. And I will see you tomorrow night live on Off The Script. See you guys later.